0: Welcome to the Financial Focus Radio Show with your hosts, Tyler Simonis and Josh Finelli. Join us as we discuss markets, bring transparency to issues within the financial services industry, and bring honest, thoughtful analysis every week.
1: Hello, everybody out there in Radioland. Thanks for joining us. My name is Tyler Simonis. That over there, he's Josh Finelli, and we are partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management here in the great Pacific Northwest. We appreciate you spending some of your weekend with us. As always, if you have a question or just want to make a comment, call us, 877-670-7117. Or you can find our contact info. If you go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com, you can send us an email. Good morning, Mr. Finelli. How goes it? Loving all the snow. You are? Yeah. I'm being facetious. When I say that, I'm being facetious. I definitely enjoy it. Yeah. So good news is uh, we're getting lots of snow up at the mountain, which we certainly need uh, try to get those reservoirs full again someday. <laughs> uh, but yeah, snow is definitely good. Uh, let's just hope that, you know, last year, I think, didn't we get all our snow in December and January and, and February were completely dry.
2: January. Remember that it was like 55 or 60 up there.
1: Yeah. But I'm, I'm talking about the snow pack part of it.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. we made up for all of it in April and May, but
1: mm. all right, let's talk about the week that was in the capital markets. Uh, Well, the rainbows and butterflies wore off last week, apparently.
2: Recessionary fears definitely creeping back into the market lexicon.
1: Yeah, so U.S. stocks, as measured by the S and P five hundred, were down two and three quarters percent. Uh, So we did see stocks sell off. It wasn't a a big, crazy whoosh. It was sort of this relentless uh, move lower. Uh, We did we did continue to see. Uh, international and um, We'll talk some more about that, but a lot of that has to do with, with the move we've seen in the dollar. Uh, international developed markets were down three quarters of a percent, and so were the emerging markets. So while they were negative, they were down a lot less than the S&P by 2% less, uh, to be exact. Uh, U.S. small caps is where we saw lots of pain. They were down 4.5%, big move lower in the small cap space last week. That has a lot to do, I think, with uh, – the prediction of an economic slowdown and maybe some of the balance sheets in that space not being all that great. Uh, in the bond market, we saw the average bond mo- index move lower, which was uh, interesting this year. It's only down a, a third of a percent, but that's still a relatively big move uh, for uh, the bond market. The bond market continues to sort of trade with a bit of confusion over what the Fed is going to do and what the U.S. economy is going to do. Uh, But again, pay attention to the bond market. Bond markets generally get it right. We still have a very inverted yield curve, meaning the short end of the yield curve. So shorter bonds are yielding more than longer bonds, and the yield curve is quite inverted, um, which historically has always uh, foreshadowed a recession.
2: That divergence that we've seen so far this year, though, with The bond market seemingly already pricing that recession and stocks maybe being immune to that perception sort of that's converging now. You know, I think the bond market is usually right and stock investors are maybe waking up to that reality. Yeah,
1: what's weird about this deal, and Josh and I talk about this all the time, is that this is, and everybody talks about that, this is sort of the most telegraphed recession in the history of recessions, and and that's certainly true, uh, which generally... When something is predicted by every it do, everybody, it doesn't happen. So there, you know, there's there is a there is a chance still that that somehow the Fed figures this out and. Uh, we don't have recession, I think that if they somehow figure it out in their quotes, that means the next one we have will be worse. Well, the
2: Atlanta GDP, uh, the Atlanta GDP now, the Atlanta Federal Reserve puts together a survey and they actually marked GDP expectations higher, I think 3% quarterly annualized growth. For the fourth quarter or next year? For for the fourth quarter. Interesting. So, uh, you know, the soft landing, like (laughs) the hopes and dreams don't, don't totally suppress them.
1: Gold was unchanged last week, 18.11 an ounce, and oil had a sharp sell off. Oil was down 10.5%. Oil is now negative on the year, $71.50 a barrel. It's very interesting to see the divergence between oil and oil stocks, right? I mean, oil Mm -hmm. stocks, you know, you look at ExxonMobil's up a ton, you know, over 50%, Chevron, all these. Uh, anything energy related as a baton on a year to date basis when the price of a barrel of oil is actually now negative on a year to date basis. Uh, and so it's, it's quite interesting to see that divergence. Usually they trade a little bit closer together than they have been so far. So the big news, uh, economic news last week was the wholesale inflation or the PPI report. You know, the CPI is the consumer price inflation, the PPI report is the uh, producer price inflation. So at the wholesale level uh, for the month of November, Wholesale prices were up three-tenths of a percent on the month, which was more than expected, and 7.4% uh, from a year ago. That number has been declining, so the good news is it has been declining, but we are still a long way uh, a ways away from the 2% mandate. That, and so here, um, you know, the other thing is when you look at the data, obviously the price of oil has dropped a lot, um, and so that has an impact on inflation, uh, but we've seen a, a big increase in the price of food, especially vegetables um and the one thing about inflation whether it's inflation or deflation they can be very stubborn they're you know it, it takes they can become sort of self-fulfilling in both both cases and so you know i i think that inflation is going to be more stubborn and persistent than most americans uh realize because of its self-fulfilling nature um because you know Companies you know like you know it 's that time of year where you have to give out bonuses and and talk about wage increases for next year, and so you know we 're doing that, and other companies are doing that, and, and that in itself uh, becomes inflationary in in the economy and so it, again the, the the thing that usually kills inflation historically is a recession so that stuff stops happening those all those inflationary forces stop happening
2: that wage data from last week sort of confirmed that uh, you know i mean we've been early to this but the wage price spiral seems to be quite clear if you live on main street or interact with small business owners just because of that shortage in labor force participation but i think when you hear policymakers and even a lot of the talking heads on Wall Street, I don't think they really appreciate that dynamic so much.
1: Yeah, of course not. And, 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 or the self fulfilling nature of inflation. I mean, mm-hmm. that's deflation has that same, you know, people stop spending because they think prices are going to keep getting cheaper and then they keep getting cheap, you know, and that, that, and the same thing with inflation. They're, they're harder to deal with than people uh, think. and. That's why they're always wanted to. You know, central bankers want to avoid them at all costs. I don't know if our central bank does, but um, I think.
2: But you know, we talk about this in the office, and we don't bring it up too much on the show. But whether or not they're going to revisit that average inflation target, uh, there's already starting to be a lot of calls from uh, economic think tanks in D.C. uh, to raise that average inflation target to three percent from the current two percent, and policymakers wouldn't be so dissatisfied with that because, of course, it erodes the national debt, but. Uh, maybe something to preview of 2023. Chickens. Oh, a bunch of chickens. <laughs> Krugman was one of the people that uh, came out and advocated for that last week. So we'll we'll see what happens. Why
1: don't we just make it 6% and then we're almost there. <laughs> yeah. uh, we got productivity numbers um, again last week for the American worker. And it still shows we are at unbelievably low levels of productivity. Surprise, surprise, surprise. More proof, everybody. If it's a shock to you, it shouldn't be that working from home is not productive. Uh, you know, we know it. And, it, and it's just not us saying it anecdotally, the data is saying that that is true. And so, you know, CEOs in America hopefully see this and they're like, you got to get back to work. I would tell you, if you have kids or grandkids, uh, you should tell them that they should be going to the office because it's very hard to get promoted out of sight, out of mind. um, And, you know, this is going to I, the idea, unless we want to become like a Southern European country like Italy or Greece, and these you know where you take two and a half hour lunches and drink a bottle of wine they 're not very productive countries, and they're, they' you know they 're not responsible for a lot of innovation and their economies don 't really grow. I guess that's where we're headed unless we get back into the office and get back to work. Uh, but Josh's generation and the one younger wants no part of that um, because then, you know, I guess that cuts into video game and dope smoking and all that stuff that your generation is so good at. <laughs> come on, come on. Get back to the office, everybody. Come on. Um, also, you're in stuff, tax loss selling and your taxable accounts, Um Make sure you're on track to uh, maximize your retirement plan, HSA contributions. Think about rebalancing. Make sure you own quality short-duration assets in your account. And then make sure to check your beneficiaries uh, on everything. I would expect 2023 is going to look a lot more volatile than 2022. And I know that's not a popular uh, stance to be in. If you want to be part of the show, call us 877-670-7117. Or send us an email by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. When we come back, we're going to talk about the, the, the future of markets is not going to look like the last decade, and we're going to talk about why that is. Stick around. Get your free one-hour
0: retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800 743 zero nine eight eight again eight hundred seven four three zero nine eight eight
3: I just have one thing on the list this year. I got to get comfortable with something, anything.
4: I hear you. What I've been doing is finding ways to spend my money wisely on things that make me comfortable.
3: Things that'll last a while, provide security, comfort, and value. I like that idea.
4: How about an impressive selection of sweet furniture and mattresses up to 50% off at Wilson's of Redmond? I could get comfortable with that. Dining room sets, bedroom sets, over 700 accessories, all up to 50% off.
3: Amish handcrafted furniture from Country Classic Collection, Stressless Southern Motion, Leather Italia, Flex Steel.
4: New models from England Furniture, made in America.
3: Give the gift of comfort and save up to 50%.
4: Free delivery and special financing make your choices very comfortable indeed. Wilson's of Redmond, Wilson's Mattress Gallery Bend. We've got the furniture and mattress for you. Keeping it comfortable for 60 years.
3: Numbers don't lie, but they sure can tell a story. At Kendall Volkswagen Bend, things are buzzing about going electric in a new Volkswagen ID4 with federal tax credits of up to $7,500, more cargo capacity than a Tesla Model Y at a less expensive price point. There are a number of reasons the new VW ID4 is turning heads. With available all wheel drive and intelligent handling, wicked smart driver assistance technology, and the fact that the ID4 earned the highest possible safety ratings from the IIHS. It all adds up to confidence. The Volkswagen ID.4 also comes with three years of free charging at any of the Electrify America charging stations in the U.S. With its style, performance, and driver-focused functionality, the VW ID.4 will transform your expectations. See for yourself. Stop by. Our experts can answer all your questions and help with preserving your VW ID.4 today. Get started at kendallvwebend.com Kendall. Let's start something great.
0: Guys, are you getting up multiple times a night to use the bathroom? As we get older, so do our prostates, and that can mean urinary problems that affect our sleep and quality of life. Life is better outside the bathroom. Real Health's Prostate Complete can help you relieve those annoying and painful prostate symptoms. Available at Walmart or visit realhealth.com for more information and to order yours today. Try it risk-free with our 120-day money-back guarantee. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, or cure any disease.
1: We tried Dynovite Nutritional Supplement, and after a couple of weeks, we noticed a big difference. Our little Gizmo's coat was shinier, and there was a lot less scratching and shedding.
3: My dog smelled and scratched constantly. We bathed and sprayed her, took her to the vet, but no results. Now, a little Dynavite in her food helps Bella keep her beautiful coat with no scratching
2: or smell.
1: Happier, healthier with every bite. Over a million pets helped with
2: Dynovite.
0: Connect to the Financial Focus radio show on YouTube or iTunes. Listen to past shows, get our bi-weekly e-news, and keep up to date on the market. You can also sign up for our e-newsletter on our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Let's get back to the show.
1: If you'd like to take us up on a free retirement review, one of us will give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your life, your financial life, your portfolio, Uh, Your financial plan, your state plan, whatever you want to talk about is fair game. So if you you have at least $500,000 of investable assets, call the office here to get it scheduled. The number is 800-743-0988. Or you can go to our website, uh, northwestquadrantwealth.com and send us an email. Just let us know you'd like a free retirement review. So it's that time of year. uh, If you own actively managed mutual funds that they pay out capital gain distribution. Some of them already have. Uh, some of them uh, probably will start to pay them next week. A lot of them pay next week, maybe the week after. Um, uh, so BlackRock looked at uh, the companies, mutual fund companies that are expecting to pay them, and they figure that 2,284 mutual funds are expected to pay a capital gain this year uh and so the reason that's important to you is if you own some of these one of these 2284 mutual funds in a taxable investment account that's a distribution that is taxed uh you're going to have to pay taxes on and so uh you still have time to sell it if you don't own it when they pay the the uh although isn't it like a date of
2: that's but, anyways, different. yeah.
1: Yeah, my, my point in bringing it we're, up is we're, that we're past it. We have, uh, you know, we own ETFs, exchange rate funds in our portfolios. They're not paying these big capital gain distributions, so they're much more tax efficient. In your taxable accounts, uh, the after tax return is o- the only money you can spend. And so, tax efficient investments are vitally important to have in your inv- taxable investment accounts. I think everywhere, but because generally, a tax efficient Uh, investment is also a good investment, whether it's in a taxable or tax deferred account. Uh, But it's that time of year, these big capital gain distributions are going to be sent out. And it's one of those years where you have a negative return in your portfolio, but you're getting a capital gain distribution and you have to pay taxes on it. So it's like getting kicked in the shins. And then while you're down, kicked in the back of the head. (laughs) Good analogy. Yeah, well, I've been watching all that soccer, so, you know. Uh, and then, which is funny, we've seen an in crazy inflow into money market mutual funds, uh, to the tune of fifty billion in the month of November. That's the most since December of twenty twenty one. All other asset classes saw outflows, um, so it's interesting to see how much money is flowing into money markets. It obviously, as a function of the fact that money markets, well, two functions, right? We're seeing volatility in the stock market. And now people say, wait, I can get out of the stock market and go into a money market that might pay me 35 or 3.75%. I want that. Stop the bleeding, Josh. Stop the bleeding. Yeah. Because, exactly. Josh, I know what's going to happen next year. <laughs> so I'm going to get yes. out of stocks, go into money market, and then when the market goes down 20% next year, I'm going to get back in. Boom. That's a great segue into
2: what it's we're easy. about to
1: talk Josh, about. Josh, It's not rocket science. Pre- precisely what's going to happen next year. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So um, – For some of you that have only been investing, say, since like 2010, uh, 2010 to now was not normal. I know in your mind it was normal, but we had unprecedented levels of central bank intervention, not just in the United States, but globally. So we had markets that are supposed to be free and trade on fundamentals and all the things that should make uh, markets trade. Were skewed because of all this central bank intervention, and so, you know, it, it made sense to take as much risk as possible over the last decade, and you were rewarded handsomely, whether it be in private equity or in the, the public markets or wherever it was. The more risk, the better it was over the last decade, uh, and it just was one of those you couldn't lose situations. Um, that's not normal. So if you go back at the history of the capital markets, in risk assets. That's not been how things have been. There have been periods where that, that happened, like the late 90s, um, there, the nifty-fifty period. There were times, you know, uh, pre the Great Depression in the, in the 1920s. And the one thing that all of those periods have in common was a very easy central bank, interest rates being artificially low, and then going back into the 20s where lending standards were low and, well, and through marginal dis- requirements weren't up. You
2: know, value growth cycles usually work in, like – Uh, five-year periods, give or take, Um, that outperformance of growth relative to value that sort of ended in December of 2021, uh, just before the peak of the market on January 4th of this year, was 185 months of outperformance from growth. So central bank manipulation sort of prolonged that growth preference relative to value. And that's by far the longest streak that we've seen of growth outperformance, and it's not close.
1: So... You know, why are we bringing this up? Why do you care? Because, you know, most of people's portfolios, we do free retirement reviews in our office and people come in and they show us their portfolios. And individual investors and financial advisors got lured into this. All I need to have in my portfolio is US stocks and large cap US growth stocks. And that was all I need. And I will do fine. And these are great businesses. And so, I don't have to worry about anything other than that. And that's gonna change that what you need to have in your portfolio on a go forward basis when interest rates are higher and companies need to earn their cost of capital is going to change uh, what a successful portfolio looks like. And so like Josh just mentioned, value stocks had been left for dead for so long that people thought that's never gonna work ever again or internationals never gonna work ever again or emerging markets or all these asset classes that were literally left for dead Um, we just wholeheartedly believe that in a higher interest rate environment, which we are headed towards, which it's not like, you know, there's so many people that, especially in Bend, because we're so dependent on the real estate market here in central Oregon, that they think that it's going to go back to normal. Well, you know, interest rates where they have been for the last 12 years is not normal. And so if mortgage rates you know have this leveling off at six and a half or seven percent for a 30-year mortgage uh and we have you know higher rates across the board it's going to change what businesses are successful so there's a business here in Bend called dutchy you know they're in the weed business they are unbelievably dependent on zero interest rates and zero cost of capital. That business in a higher rate environment does not exist. It's a zero. They're burning $20 million a month in cash in a higher rate environment where they have no access to cap- the capital markets. That business doesn't exist. And there's thousands and hundreds of thousands of businesses around this country that are in that situation. But when you look at businesses that do earn their cost of capital, they're boring businesses that have been around a long time. You, you're you using their products or services in a recessionary environment like a Johnson & Johnson, like Procter we're, always,
2: we're always looking for like historical analogs. And you worked in the business back in the early 2000s. I mean, I was 14 when the Internet bubble popped. But <laughs> the, the outperformance of value relative to growth over the next 12 months was 45 percent. We're trailing one year. We're about half that right now. Value is outperforming growth by about 22 percent on a trailing one year basis. Remember, markets sort of woke up to the reality that interest rates were going to be higher the day after Thanksgiving of last year. The S&P kept going for a few more weeks and then we found the top, but. Uh, the future does not look like the past, and these interest rate cycles work in, they it encapsulate entire careers. I mean, remember, rates peaked in 1981, and here we are in 2022, and we are at the inflection point where they're going the other way, and they're going to be structurally higher. Your portfolio that worked over the last decade is not going to work over the next decade, and you need to alter it to reflect the new reality.
1: Yeah, what happened in the last decade was the anomaly. Uh, And so many of you don't realize that. And so that's why your portfolio, you need to make changes now to reflect that. It's not going back. We're not going back to sub 3% mortgage rates and all this this craziness because the the, QT has just started, right? The central bank has just started to unwind their balance sheet. All right. If you want to take us up on a free retirement review, call the office to get that scheduled. If you have at least $500,000 of investable assets, the number here is 800-743-0988. Or go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com and send us an email. When we come back, we're going to tackle some of your emails.
0: Sign up for our e-news today. Get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management delivered right to your inbox. The short five to six minute video helps you keep up with the market. You can always watch past videos on YouTube or on northwestquadrantwealth.com.
1: Yeah, call me free.
5: Washington Trust Bank. Can't is a four-letter word. I think we should hire more people.
3: Talk. I'm late for a meeting. I'm thinking of starting my own practice.
5: Can't do it.
0: Too much capital. We need a warehouse.
3: I can't imagine how we'd do that. We should knock that wall down and expand. Can't
5: do it. There's always another wall beyond the wall. Washington Trust Bank. We believe you can do whatever you set your mind to, and we'll help you get there. Visit watrust.com to get started. Washington Trust Bank. Member FDIC.
3: As winter arrives, the need to feed the hungry in Central Oregon is growing. Volvo Cars Bend and Food for Less invite you to donate non-perishable foods to the giving plate. To make it easy, we've set up a donation box in the entrance of Food for Less at Cascade Village Bend. Join Volvo Cars Bend, Food for Less, and Combined Communications in helping the giving plate feed those in need. Please take a moment and donate non-perishable foods in the entrance of Food for Less. Today, I'll get a workout in at the fitness center. Tomorrow, maybe some rafting on the Deschutes River, or I could go for a swim and spend the afternoon by the pool.
5: It's pretty easy to fill your calendar when you live the life you love at Stonebriar.
3: Walk the nature trails at Pilot Butte, or maybe give Tracy a call. We can go shopping in Bend on Saturday, Sunday, read a book on the deck
5: and after an active day outside you come home to gorgeous resort style one two or three bedroom apartments with cook's kitchens spacious bath full-size washer and dryers computer labs with free internet covered parking and my fur babies pets allowed stone is currently accepting applications their beautiful landscape grounds feature two clubhouses And are on Highway 20 near 27th and Bend. Google Stonebriar Apartments for details. Stonebriar, professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. Stonebriar Apartments.
3: The best of resort living.
4: Plateau Travel Plaza. Food, fuel, and fun. After a long day and you want to play, get your mind off of the road. Have a great meal, try and slide the seams. Life's good on the plateau. Quick stop anytime, get you everything under the sun.
3: Life's good on the plateau. Food, fuel, and fun. Food, fuel, and fun. At the Plateau Travel Plaza in Madras, you get food, fuel, and fun all in one fabulous stop. After you fuel up with our low fuel prices, enjoy something fresh from our deli. Shop our store for local crafts and jewelry, travel essentials, electronics, and more. Then have some fun in our game room with 30 of the hottest slot machines and all the rewards you can handle.
4: Life's good on the Plateau. Food,
6: fuel,
2: and fun.
6: Thank you, Central Oregon, for another great year. With Christmas just around the corner, Finn and Fire has a special gift for the person who loves the outdoors. For years, Finn and Fire has been outfitting the Central Oregon community with all the best brands in fly fishing, hunting, and outdoor gear. If you have that hard to shop for outdoorsman on your list, we can help with huge selections from Sitka, Sims, Patagonia, Benchmade Knives, Yeti Coolers, and more. Or interested in fly fishing maybe? From starter fly fishing packages to guided fly fishing trips on our famous Deschutes River, our professional team will make sure you get what you need to make that special person's next outdoor experience amazing. So don't be the last minute shopper this year. Come into Fin & Fire and find what you need to make the people in your life happy this holiday season. As your locally owned fly shop and outdoor store, Fin & Fire is across from Safeway on Highway 97 in Redmond. Or shop from the comfort of home at
0: You're listening to Financial Focus Radio Show, where you get honest and actionable advice every week from the partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. Remember, you can always listen to past shows on iTunes or find us on northwestquadrantwealth.com.
1: Welcome back. Thanks for joining us on Financial Focus Radio. My name's Tyler Simonis, that guy over there. He's Josh Finelli. And we are partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management here in the snowy Pacific Northwest. Uh hopefully any all you skiers are out there enjoying uh the pre Christmas rush because I know uh, Mount Bachelor <laughs> Looking well, looking forward to that uh holiday week between Christmas and New Year's. My you? my wife drove to the mountain on Friday morning and it took her like she almost turned around it was t- it took her so long to get up there because of the traffic and the not great driving conditions and so i'm just imagining what it's going to look like in the weekends around christmas you're going to need a helicopter to get up there
2: even driving around town with the thin layer of snow is uh, yeah it's funny if you quite the endeavor if these i leave days. my house
1: 15 minutes late for some reason it's like takes twice as long to get to the office uh, we need passing lanes on Mount Washington I have to temp-
2: temper <laughs> the road rage of my wife
1: of your wife, <laughs> yeah, she, the... she hates it. <laughs> oh wow! Um, all right, so this uh, before we tackle some email questions, this drove me crazy because there was a lot of discussion about it this week. So there's the public. Uh, there's there's real estate investment trusts, so REITs for short. Uh, there's two ways they're traded. They're traded on the public markets, just like a stock, where the tax rules are, for them are a little bit different. But there's full liquidity and and price, you get a price every second, just like you do in Costco stock. So you know what you get, you know what the yield is, you know, they have to disclose the same thing that public companies do. Um, but then there's the private uh, REIT market, um, which the disclosures aren't quite as good. And uh, they don't have to mark to market all the things that uh, supposedly make them a great investment on the surface. Uh, and Blackstone um, had this giant private uh, real estate vehicle called B REIT, This week where they essentially shut the doors on it, meaning they closed the gate uh, saying that they weren't going to allow redemptions. You know, once they had a certain level of redemptions, um, they were this, you know, they said, and this is in the prospectus when the people signed up uh, that they're going to close the gate. And so what's troublesome to me, and I think that's what happened is some really smart investors overseas figured out the, what was really going on and are taking advantage of it. Uh, and Blackstone, all those so, you know, those people that don't want to risk anything in their life, uh, are caught wind of it and shut the redemptions and the fund. But essentially what it is, is, you know, it, any re that is publicly traded, there's a price discovery and the market decides what it is. For context, See, publicly traded REITs are down almost 25% year to date. In 2022. So this, this REIT, the, the Blackstone REIT that was available, they were saying that it is up 13% year to date. And there's no mark to market, right? So there's no buying and selling going on on this thing to give you an actual real market pl- price. And that's true of the non-publicly traded REIT world. And so what I think... Probably some astute Japanese investors or somewhere overseas said to themselves, wait, I'm going to get my money out of this thing, which is supposedly up 13%. I'm going to keep my REIT exposure by buying something that's down 25%. And when the REIT market comes back, I'm I'm going to have a ton of beta to that. Because at some point, Blackstone has to be realistic about where the REIT market is. There's no way... I mean, so so Blackstone, not only is this fund up 13%, but in order to get in this fund, they are charging one and a quarter percent management fee per year, plus 12 and a percent of the profits on the fund above the 5% hurdle rate. So the fees on this thing are egregious. And so to say that they're averaging the rates of return that they're averaging above and beyond the fees that they're charging, the math is the math. So Real estate math is the same around the world. It doesn't, it, Blackstone isn't that brilliant. They don't have some special inside path on the real estate market that gives them these special exorbitant returns. And so it drives me crazy that all these doofus uh people on CNBC glad hand these people because they're afraid of them when in reality, they should actually go after them for what's really going on and saying, you should be marking this stuff to market. Like, give me a break. There is no way your fund is up 13% when the publicly traded real estate market is down 25 plus percent. And so that's one of these things in our in our world that the, drives me
2: bonkers. The beauty of private markets investing.
1: Yeah, but yeah,
2: okay. <laughs> I, I should get off the
1: soapbox. Okay, we got an email from a Tom R here in Ben. Uh, you can tackle this one. Uh, I hear so- I hear the Social Security trust fund will be broke in less than 10 years. I'm about to turn 62, which is when I can start taking Social Security. So- Social Security, tell me why I shouldn't file.
2: Uh, we would tell you that you shouldn't file because you're leaving literally hundreds of thousands of dollars on the table, uh, provided you continue to live. There's an adage about Social Security that says, tell me what day you're going to die, and I can tell you the best day to take it. But if you don't have a terminal illness in your near future, uh, or believe that your life expectancy is somewhat approximates the normal life expectancy of a male born in the United States. Uh, you should wait to file simply because you get that eight percent guaranteed growth in the benefit plus the cost of living adjustment and, and by way you 're not
1: addressing the going broke it 's going broke
2: <laughs> you know there 's this misnomer out there <laughs> that for some reason, the Social Security Trust Fund is some distinct pile of money <laughs> from the rest of the Treasury, and, you know, it's just not. And the one thing that all Social Security co- uh, recipients have in common, regardless of their political affiliation, is of course they vote. And it's, entitlements are the sacred cow of uh, the, the federal budget deficit. It's not discretionary spend. So it's, it's not subject to being cut, not at least in the lifetime of baby boomers. And you know, there's unscrupulous people out there that take advantage of lump sum pensions, and this is sort of like lump summing a pension that doesn't pencil in your favor. Uh, it's, you're essentially letting a risk-free annuity accrue at a higher dollar value, We see people do it against our advice. It's it's one of those things where uh, especially men tend to file at 62. I think last time we saw, it was what? Almost two thirds of men Mm -hmm. file at 62. Don't trust
4: Uh, that government.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Not something that you should be doing. Do not leave the money on the table. We did the stat last week, but the average person leaves $180,000 in social security benefits uh, over the course of their lifetime on the table by filing early. Don't be in that category, please.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I was on the board of directors. I was the treasurer of, of a. am not going to tell you the charity, but I was a treasurer on the board of directors at this charity. And, um, you know, when I was, I was looking at the books, they had all these different accounts or what I thought were different accounts and uh, what made them look like they were different accounts is we just had different spreadsheets for the different accounts for different levels of spending for certain things. And the reality was all the money was in one account. And what it made seem like different accounts was just on the spreadsheet, and so there is no there is no Social Security trust fund. It's not some p- separate pile of money that gets funded with your Social Security uh, when they withhold your <laughs> pay. That's there's no separate defense fund. There's no separate you know that it's all one big pile of money. And the mo- money the pile of money isn't even that big. It's it's mostly uh, coming from the, the Treasury when they issue more Treasuries. <laughs> but uh, so, like Josh said, it's a third real politics. You can't touch it. Um, you know, all like Josh said, all, that's, those are the constituents that vote. It, you know, we're just not going to let. It's become such an important part of uh, of retirement for uh, this country. It was never meant to be like it is, but you know, it, it, if you want a sign of coming attractions, look at Southern Europe. You know, they have huge entitlements there, and uh, way more people collecting than are paying and, in. And when there's,
2: you know, when the IMF is seeking to impose uh, versions of. Fiscal constraints on these countries in southern Europe, the pensioners literally riot and it doesn't happen. And they find the cuts elsewhere because those are the people that uh, they, they all vote and younger people tend to not vote. And so uh, pol- politicians are ultimately responsible to their constituents and uh, regardless of your political affiliation. Most people that contributed to Social Security over the course of their lifetime are not
1: going to be okay with that being taken away. And, Tom, the important thing to know is that every single year you wait past 62, your benefit, the actual income you're going to get, goes up by 8% per year. And so where else can you get a guaranteed rate of return backed by the full faith and credit of the United States government that's 8% on top of the cost of living adjustments? So the COLA, the cost of living adjustments for Social Security next year is 8.7% plus by waiting you're going to get another 8%. So every year you wait the amount of income you're going to get goes up so much. It just you know, unless like Josh said you have a terminal illness or or you know you're going to die, uh you have everybody should be delaying it. Everybody most people take it too early. Uh you know, 70 is the, the age that we think people should take it, but um you know, like Josh said so many and it's usually men cuz they don't trust their government. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you would like to sign up for our e-newsletter, Josh and I do a short video, a five- or six-minute video in the middle and end of every month. Get added to that list. Go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Send us an email. Just let us know you'd like to be added to our e-newsletter list. When we come back, we're going to talk about year-end financial planning steps. Stick around.
0: Get your free one-hour retirement review
2: I'm Gail, and this is my Homeshare Oregon story. I needed a little help making my house payments, and Brenda needed a place to live that she could afford. When we matched our profiles on Homeshare Oregon, it turned out to be perfect. We share meals. We share work out in the
3: garden. We share walking the dogs. I think the companionship is one of my favorite things.
5: Home Share Oregon is a free website service that matches people who want to share their home with a housemate who needs a safe and affordable place to call home and it's working, just ask Brenda.
2: What I would say to someone who's considering doing home sharing
3: is do it. It's affordable, it's safe, it's a wonderful thing. I I can't believe I didn't think about it prior to this. I'm so grateful that I happened upon that website. Uh, It really did change my life.
5: For more information, go to homeshareoregon.org. That's homeshareoregon.org. This message has been sponsored by Home Share Oregon, the Oregon Association of Broadcasters, and this station
3: today I'll get a workout in at the fitness center tomorrow maybe some rafting on the Deschutes River or I could go for a swim and spend the afternoon by the pool
5: it's pretty easy to fill your calendar when you live the life you love at Stonebriar
3: walk the nature trails at Pilot Butte or maybe give Tracy a call we can go shopping in Bend on Saturday Sunday Read a book on the deck.
5: And after an active day outside, you come home to gorgeous resort-style one-, two-, or three-bedroom apartments with cook's kitchens, spacious bath, full-size washer and dryers, computer labs with free Internet, covered parking, and... My fur babies. Pets allowed. Stonebriar is currently accepting applications. Their beautiful landscape grounds feature two clubhouses and are on Highway 20 near 27th and Bend. Google Stonebriar Apartments for details. Stonebriar, professionally managed by Norris and Stevens.
3: Stonebriar Apartments. The best of resort living.
0: I always wanted to learn Spanish, but I never thought I'd have the time. Then I discovered Babbel.
3: Babbel's lessons are fun. They only take like 10 or 15 minutes, and in three weeks, presto, you're starting to speak another language, like magic.
0: I love that Babbel's lessons aren't just robots talking. They're voiced by native speakers, so you get the pronunciation just right. If you want to learn a language, there's no faster, easier, better way than Babbel. Babbel.
3: Babbel. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Babbel.com.
0: Thank you for joining Financial Focus Radio Show. Honest, transparent analysis brought to you every week by Tyler Simonis and Josh Finelli. Call the show anytime at 877-670-7117. We'll try to answer your question on the air in the following weeks. Now, back to the team from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management.
1: Tyler Simonis, that's me. That guy over there, he's Josh Finelli, and we are partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. We appreciate you spending some of your weekend listening to our little radio show. We're uh, come, we're tracking down Howard Stern. We're gonna pass him pretty soon, right? Listening audience is probably the same.
2: We're going for Rush.
1: <laughs> we have the same. Well, uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't even know, Tim. Who's who's the number one? Is Rush number one on the radio. I don't even know who's number one because it's so bifurcated now, right? Yeah. So so many like Hannity has a uh, TV show and. Um, radio show. Ben so, Shapiro is the uh, Rush heir apparent, right? Yeah, but I don't think he's going to have
2: don 't think he's quite like as, I don't think he's quite as good on the radio as old Rush.
1: Oh, man, you're going to have a bunch of people calling in saying your Josh is right. What are they called, dittoheads? heads? Uh, so one of the thing everybody thinks that uh, the main tool uh, that the Fed has in fighting inflation is interest rates, and that's the most uh, public one. That's the one people talk about the most. Uh, of course, but um, one of the things, one of the biggest culprits uh, for the inflation over the last couple of years was the increase in the money supply. So, the money supply, which is M two, for those of you that remember your college days, uh, it, you know, it's essentially the amount of money out in the system sloshing around uh, that the Fed adds to the the central bank adds to the economy. Uh, and you know, when we've had so-called emergencies, the global financial crisis, uh, COVID. Uh, they add tons of money to the system. Uh, And in a year, they increase the money supply in 40%. So last I checked, that's the definition of inflation, right? When you add a bunch more... Uh, money to the system, it's going to be worthless. less. Uh, that makes sense to me, right? And so that was one of the big driving factors in the inflationary problem. And so for the Fed to say, eh, this is transitory, maybe if they had sopped up that 40% increase in the money supply, it could have been transitory, but they left it there. They left our stance at, <coughs> at the federal level at an emergency level, right? They kept interest rates at emergency levels and they kept the money supply at emergency levels. And to th- for them to think that inflation was going to be transitory is laughable. They didn't think it. They said one of the ways we can deal with the federal debt is to make our but money worth less. The way
2: to understand quantitative tightening is, you know, when the Fed goes out and buys government debt with imaginary money, and they have a portfolio that, you know, capped out at something worth nine trillion. <clears throat> usually, they just take the proceeds from those bonds as they mature, and reinvest them and push them down the curve and keep their balance sheet constant. But what they're doing now is just letting bonds actually mature and not reinvesting the proceeds. So it reduces the amount of liquidity slopping around out there in the
1: system. So the money supply, the US money supply increased by 1.5% over the last seven months. That's the largest seven month period uh, decline ever going back to 1959. Uh, Since 1959, the, the US money supply has gone up each and every year. Uh, with the 3, 0.3% increase we saw in 1994, the smallest, uh, and the biggest we saw was during uh, COVID. But uh, money supply being sopped up is uh, is happening right now, and it's another reason rates are going higher, uh, and it's another reason probably we will head into a recession. But that's uh, something to to think about. Is that it's not the Fed just isn't dealing with rates; they're also dealing with the money supply, which has a huge impact. Uh, so let's talk about some uh, year-end uh, financial uh, things you could be thinking about. Number one uh, is donate to charity. If you are charitably inclined, uh, especially if you're in the required minimum distribution phase of your life where you're having to take money out of your retirement plans because the government wants to tax that tax that You can do what's called a Qualified Charitable Distribution, QCD for short, uh, where the money goes directly from your retirement account to a 501c3 charity, uh, and you don't have to pay taxes on that. So if you're charitably inclined, you give to charity anyway, you should be absolutely having your financial advisor do it from your IRA because it is not taxable if you're in the RMD phase of your life. Um, You should be thinking about uh, your capital gain, Estimates, so you should go into your taxable accounts and look at your capital gain exposure, your realized capital gain exposure, Uh, and there's a good chance in other parts of your portfolio you may have losses, so you should use those losses, realize those losses, sell those things that have losses to offset the gains to try to get your tax liability in your taxable account as close to zero as you can. This is one of those years uh, where you can absolutely uh, think about doing that. Uh, Another thing you should be doing is considering a a conversion, Roth conversion, so converting some of your traditional IRA to a Roth IRA. Uh, Josh, tell tell them the the caveat, though, we always say when converting.
2: Always pay the taxes external to the conversion, so don't do the withholding within the account. You want the amount of money that shows up in your Roth to be the same as left your traditional IRA, the pre-tax side, to end up in the post-tax side. Pay the taxes with cash on hand. out of another taxable account you have so the money that ends up in the roth can compound uh from the base that it began and the pre-tax account
1: yeah so let's say you're converting 50 or hundred thousand dollars. well first i would i would talk to your accountant and say you know if i convert or how much can i convert give me different dollar amounts that i can convert and show me what the tax liability would be based on those conversions. So, you know, you can con- convert fifty, dollars $100,000, whatever you're going to convert. Um, just know that the, what the tax liability is going to be uh, when you do that. Um, so the two sort of groups that I would say that sort of qualify to convert or maybe it makes sense is younger people where you have time for that Roth um, to compound, you know, the, to grow and compound and, and you can take advantage of it. Or... If you're a little bit older and uh, you really know that most of that money you're going to give to your kids or grandkids or your beneficiaries, who your beneficiaries are, um, the Roth is obviously a great way to be inheriting money. Uh, Review your retirement plan. Uh, You know, make sure you're on track to catch up uh, or or, or to max out your retirement plan. Uh, Also, think about um, uh, your FSA. I'm not a huge FSA as much as HSA uh, contribution. So... For a family this year, it's 7300 An individual, I think it's 3600 to max out an HSA. Uh, make sure that you have maxed it out. I, I do mine in January of every year, but, um, you know, you have be- between now and the end of the year to max out your HSA contribution. HSAs are uh, just, the you know, they're triple tax benefit. So you get uh, a benefit when you contribute. They grow tax-free, and when you take them out, uh, they're tax-free if you use them uh, for uh for healthcare, including premiums, um, check, look at your uh, your insurance. So, not enough people, uh, you know, sort of think about their insurance and their insurance needs. Um, also, your estate planning needs. Think about where tax laws are. Do you have the right estate plan? You know, do you have the, the trust in place? Do you have a will? Any of those kind of things? Uh, and then, uh, lastly, think, uh, revisit your. Uh, emergency fund uh, or any large expenses. You know, we tell clients, uh, look, if you know next year you're going to go on a European vacation, take the whole family, buy a boat, you know, uh, buy a new truck, whatever it is, um, we like to know those ahead of time. And as far ahead of time as as our clients can let us know, the better um, so that we can, plan on where we're going to get it, which account we're going to get it from, all, you know, all the things that uh, are important from a financial planning standpoint. And then make sure your emergency fund is where it should be. You know, a lot of people, as we see in the data, have been spending down savings uh, and saying to themselves, well, I'll replace it when things get better. That's not how an emergency fund works. Uh, when you drain it down, you immediately need to start building it back up again. So you don't ha- so you're not finding yourself accessing uh, funds in a retirement account or uh, selling stock when they're down alright if you uh, would like to sign up for our e-newsletter Josh and I do a short 5 or 6 minute video in the middle and end of every month so to get added to our e-newsletter list go to our website northwestquadrantwealth.com send us an email just say add me to your e-news list and we'll get you on that uh, when we come back we're going to talk about why social security import- payments are so darn important stick around